What's up, golf addicts? Welcome to the Tour Junkies podcast, an interview with PGA Tour player Luke List. It's a fantastic interview. It's about 56 minutes of pure gold out of Luke. He's been on the PGA Tour for a long time. He's a local Augusta guy. He was very, very good, very insightful. We talk about his game. We obviously talk about a lot of stuff on the PGA Tour at the end. We take him into the native area to ask some fun questions. I can't wait for you to hear his takes on Bryson DeChambeau. And uh, some interesting takes on Patrick Cantlay as well. Luke is a very smart guy and a great interview. We loved having him on. As always, presented by our friends at Fantasy National. Head over to fantasynational.com slash TJ to get 20% off any membership there. That is where we've been going for four years now. It's where all of our stats, all of our data comes from. And all the data is from the PGA Tour, licensed by the PGA Tour to Fantasy National. It's as good as it gets. FantasyNational.com slash TJ gets you 20% off any membership weekly, monthly, or annual memberships. So head on over and support Fantasy National and support the Tour Junkies. But for now, enjoy the interview with Luke List. What's going on, Golf Addicts? Welcome to another edition of the Tour Junkies podcast. DB here. I'm riding solo for the moment. Pat may be here. He may not. We don't know. We, we know about Pat and his relationship with Luke is a little, is a little strained. Uh, we might get into that later. Uh, but So he may or may not pop in. So it could be me and Luke, which is great because everybody knows, you know, I, have a, I'm, I'm, I love Luke List, and I'm glad to have him on the show. Luke, thanks for being here. We appreciate it, man. PGA Tour stud, fellow Augusta resident. Thanks for coming on, man. Absolutely. Glad it finally worked out. And um, but it's just me and you right now. We can pack and just, you know, pack take and a kiss sweet time. It. Yeah, he can kiss it. I got to be honest with you, yeah. Luke. I was going to tell you this before the show. Uh, in the DFS DraftKings betting community, I don't know how aware of it you are because I know you're not a big social media guy, but you're kind of a, uh, you're kind of a darling. Do you know that? Have you heard that? I've actually probably heard the opposite when you get a little uh, in contention on Saturday or Sunday and you get the, uh, the guys who've had some beverages yelling at you. Uh, you, you do hear it. So it's um, you, but you kind of like only hear the cheers of uh, encouragement for their fantasy lineup or their betting. So yeah. um, I can, I could see that, you know, maybe what's it's uh, I'm a low, low value player that has some, some high value returns at some point. So uh, that's fun. Uh, we were talking about it before the program started, but it's interesting to see how the game's evolved um, yeah. in that way. Well, I mean, we were in this thing really early, and from really early, you were that kind of guy. You were like this guy that, you know, the the books or the or DraftKings would price in this middle range or sometimes lower than it should be, but there was always this this big upside, even if you know sometimes the finish position for you is maybe a T twenty, right, which is great. But, you know, you score a lot. You make a lot of birdies. You make a lot of eagles. You're obviously a long hitter. We're going to talk about your game here in a little bit. And that's what you want in DraftKings. So you've become this, you're really a staple, especially for my lineups. Everybody watching this knows that DB is a Luke List uh, homer. And I, I tend to, there's not many weeks that go by Luke that I'm not, I'm not on it. And Pat, on the other hand, I believe is, has been burned by you before. Now, we never condone being that guy screaming at you. and right. It's the dumbest thing ever. We, we vehemently are against that kind of shit. But, uh, now, but Pat gets his, you know, he gets his panties in a wad on the show. Sure. And, and he just, you know, he complains that, that any time he picks you, it just doesn't work out. And, um, yep. But you got to stay with it. But you are. You hey, are. That's all I can say is, um, you know, sometimes <laughs> I'm a long play. So you got to just hang in there, Pat. I mean, 
good stuff's coming my way. So hopefully you'll be on the coattails. Otherwise, it's all you. I, I believe it, man. And I, I'm ready to yeah. take down all the monies when uh, when Luke when Luke you oh. know has another big week. You know, I mean, you, you've had plenty in 2021. We'll talk about that in a second. But on the Twitter streets, the Twitter DFS and betting streets, you know, I think I could speak for everybody. Thank you for what you do, Luke. And we wish you all the best for sure. But let's get into this. Um, I, I mentioned you're a fellow Augusta resident. We're right here in Augusta. Actually, before we even get into that, we do we do this on the podcast. What are you drinking tonight? What's the podcast juice of choice? Uh, just a little red wine. Ooh, um, nice. Wife, uh, welcome back into town. Wife went on a little uh, kind of a house tour with a friend. So I had both kids putting them down. I, I don't know how they do it. It's <laughs> I could have gone and played 54 holes with buddies today, and I'd be way more energetic than I am right now, unfortunately. But yeah. The uh, being a father is one of the greatest thrills of my life, but it is it is so much work and it's it's a fun challenge. So my daughter was owning me tonight as I was trying to put little man to bed. So it was it was this is uh, well earned. Yeah, well, good. Most uh, most dads would agree. Well, drink up, buddy. And sorry that you have to you have to wind down with with uh, the tour junkies podcast. But um, I get it, man. You got two beautiful kids, lovely wife, Chloe from Augusta. I actually went to high school with her brother, Greg. We can talk about that after the show. Um, but so you're sipping on some red wine. I've got a Paloma tonight, a little bit of tequila Perfect. tonight. That's I've been really on these lately. Mm. Very refreshing. I'm a big yeah. tequila fan too. So are you, what's you. your favorite brand? Who, who, who are you liking right now? Oh, that's tough. I, I, I found a cool little website in San Diego that ships a lot of kind of random off brands. I mean, it's hard to be class Azul, uh, ring the bell, but you know, just, uh, pretty much any Anejo. I've actually got to sample a little bit of uh, Abe Answers brand, just which about is kind, kind yeah. of cool. So yeah, he. we started talking about it one day, and then three hours later, um, he's leaving me a couple <laughs> bottles in the, lo- in the locker, which I thought was really cool of him. That's and awesome. Nothing but nothing but love for him and his, his game and his success to see that, and his off-the-course success too, which is always kind of fun for those guys to yeah. capitalize even, even more when they uh, get the... Uh, you know, the extra comments going that way. Yeah. I, um, I'd love to try some of that. We've had Dale Valelli on, um, what a a beauty there. Yeah. He's, he's incredible. All right. So let's talk about Augusta. Why is Augusta a good place to live as a tour player? Uh, well, coming from where I did in California, uh, just the logistics of travel is way easier, even though you're connecting a lot through Atlanta, Hmm. Charlotte, um, you get to drive to a lot of tournaments, which is awesome. And, um, you don't really realize that until you live here. And I really, um, it's been a nice little bonus, especially for those like tournaments upcoming with like, the RSM down in St. Simons and you know, Hilton head every year. It's just nice to have the family and to be able to drive a couple hours to those places is, is a real, um, you know, an extra night at home and then kind of going back on Sunday for another extra night just kind of adds up at the end of the year, which is, uh, fantastic. So, yeah. um, as far as just logistically, it's, it's unbelievable, but um, it's kind of cool how it's been a little hotbed recently of guys, you know, making their way here. There's a, a stable in Aiken and we got, you know, Scott Perel and a couple guys here in Augusta, you know, Henrik Norlander, and you got several mini tour players that are good sticks too. So, um, you put all that together and, um, there's some fun games and, um, even a little, you know, banter rivalry with the Aiken guys too, which is kind of neat. So, uh, I think it, it it turns out to be a great place to live, obviously, but then to be a tour pro living here, it's it's fantastic, along with the community supporting all of us. Love that. Um, so obviously, everyone's going to want to know this, or they're going to be pissed at me if I don't if I don't ask it. But I think I probably know the answer. How often do you get to play Augusta National? I'm sure for a while there, you you probably pulled the old like I don't want to play it until I can get invited. 
Uh, and sure. I'm sure you don't get as many invites as people may think you do. So how, how often have you played Augusta? I know obviously you had a great amateur no, it's, uh, finish there. It, yeah, it's a great question. I've, since I've moved back here, I've only played it twice. That's coming on four years now. Um, those were both calls that I made to some friends that were members that were uh, hosting some people that had never been there. So just experience that with, um, with the member and then those guests that, you know, it's been a lifelong dream to to play the national, much less be on the property. It was really special, and we 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 were fortunate to have really good weather days and and just great experience. So, um, one was kind of in the middle of COVID, and just to see the once they open back up, just how well they ran the the testing and everything like that was really cool. Yeah. We were also nervous because at the time, if anyone tested negative, you know, positive, the entire group was was out for the day. So we were, <laughs> I was just praying I wasn't going to be the guy to, <laughs> yeah. to, to ruin it for oh everybody, God, but it all, it, it, yeah, it was intense, but it all worked out and, um, it's a special place and it's surreal, you know, driving by it so often and, and, and being a part of that. And it's, you know, not growing up here, um, but also, but growing up in Georgia and knowing about it and, you know, getting a visit when I was in high school and stuff was very cool. And it, it's, it, it is that carrot dangling out there for me to, you know, get my act together and, and, uh, play to my potential and get back there in the field, which would be, you know, just the best ever now living here. Well, it feels like it, it's a great course for you too. Like for what you do, you know, uh, it seems like yeah, it would be. in I a T 33, your first time playing it as an amateur. I, I do love the golf course. It does set up well for uh, longer hitters and high ball hitters. And if you can kind of couple that with uh, knowledge of the course and the short game, uh, obviously you have a good chance. So I think that, you know, the mystique of the golf course is one thing. And once you get past that and history coming down to just kind of playing a tournament round tournament feel, um, I think, you know, I've been fortunate to play there quite a bit for, uh, someone who has only played the tournament once. So I'd like to get back and see how my chances stack up. Yeah. We'd love to see it. All right. So you play at champions retreat, you play at Augusta country club, Sage Valley. Um, do you ever hop in the Rob Perry learning center at, at, at ACC by, by what? I have been there. I've been a huge proponent of public golf for myself and for everyone who lives here. I was actually at my father-in-law's work outing at Top Golf today, talking to some locals about uh, nice the pub, how good how good public golf is here in town. And um, coming from California, there's nothing against California public golf. It's very cool, but six-hour rounds, getting stuck behind certain individuals, gets a little old. And I just felt like. You know, coming here, I had no clue. I'd played Forest Hills maybe once, but uh, but I mean, you got the river, and you got, you know, you get down the road to uh, Belmead, and you got just all these courses just sprinkled around. And uh, I just think it's kind of a cool vibe to have such good terrain, and it's good natural golf course, uh, you know, architecture and and just you know feel. So it's uh, whether you're playing private golf or public golf, this is a very good mecca for for everybody. So the Rob Perry Learning Center is uh, Rob Perry is Pat's brother that actually um, passed away and had that that disease and they established that for him. Pat grew up at at, uh, at ACC. He's very proud of that. Yeah. Um, and we've been over there and hung out with Gary Crescent a couple times. Great place, yeah. ACC. So uh, let me ask you this: I'm a member of Champions. Pat grew up at ACC. What right. about those two courses? Can you compare to courses that you see regularly on the PJ Tour if you're out there playing like? I'm sure there's sure. a lot of things that aren't what you typically see, but of those two, sure. I'm, we're both interested. Yeah, um, I'll be completely candid here, and I would say this to anyone 
um, directly to their face. So if they hear this, it wouldn't be something I don't expect them to hear. I would, I would definitely tell them. Um, I love both places. The champions is, you know, champions retreats, awesome golf course. I've got to know Bill Forrest and, um, a lot of awesome members there and Cameron Weeby is so cool to like spot, you know, not sponsor, but just to host us pros and let us, you know, have a chance to get back to the members and, um, just the vibe out there is great with, with, uh, quick rounds. We can hop in a car, go play. Yep. I'm a massive proponent for Bermuda greens and especially in the South, the transition is going to be phenomenal. So that being said, I do love Augusta country club and I have some of my best friends that I've met in the last couple of years there. And, and, um, the, the community there is fantastic. I'll, you know, we're moving right across the street and we love uh, a lot of the families we've met. And I know our kids will grow up there, which is really cool to think yeah, about. Great place. Um, that, that being said, the layout, I think the bones of the golf course are magnificent. It's hallowed ground. It's got so much history. But um, I'm a huge proponent, like I said, of Bermuda Greens. And to me, my golf experience is most often dictated by the Greens. Yeah. And the course conditioning can be very good there. But I think it's time for them to really consider making that, you know, full transition to Bermuda Grass and it's just going to make it that much more enjoyable. And I know there's, a lot of mystique with Augusta National and thus thinking that everyone can be them, but it's not realistic yeah. and it's yeah. not in the cards. So um, I'm pretty strongly opinionated on it. And like I said, I'd be glad to talk to anyone who wants to hear it that um, I think most all the courses in town should be Bermuda grass greens. And, yeah. um, like I said earlier, the Forest Hills and, and River Club are two public golf courses, and I thought their greens are fantastic at most all points of the year. Dude, Forest Hills Greens, I grew up playing there. Those things have yeah. always been firm and fast Bermuda. Right. Um, I, I could totally get down with that. And the the transition champions made from Bent to Bermuda is definitely going to be a, a good one for sure. Um, and I'm, I'm glad the courses are opening back up. All right, so yeah. we've had Norlander on. We love Henrik. We've had Kiz on a bunch of times. Pat grew up with Kiz. Cool. We've had Brownie on. I know those are some boys you play with. I need to know, you got any good stories, any good dirt on those guys? We always, we always like to ask oh, that. Oh, man. I love all those guys for different reasons. I'm, uh, you know, I've gotten to know Scott and Kevin. Uh, just, you know, I've known Kevin, I think, a little longer than Scott. Uh, but then when I was coming out, we were kind of all on the Tar Heel Tour, e-golf tour, um, chasing it around. And it's pretty cool that we all, uh, you know, made it out and got had some success on the tour. Um, you know, Matt Neesmith's over there now, yeah. who's – uh, a little closer with um, Dykes Harbin, who I'm close with here in town, and he's chasing it and trying to get out there. So it's like I said, there's a great stable of guys. As far as stories go, I'll uh, I won't get too open open chested on that. I mean, <laughs> I'd say I'd say Henrik and I have probably had the most fun together off the course, yeah, um, with some libations. So uh, <laughs> he, we're both uh, big fans of the red wine and um, socializing together. So our wives are good friends, and kids will be friends as well. So. Henrik and I had a really fun trip to Hoopy Match Club oh, that was yeah. uh, pretty spectacular. That I don't know if we remember a whole lot of, of that, but we we definitely had a good time, and that was that was a lot of fun. One of my buddies went to Hoopy. We haven't been yet, but one of my buddies went, and he said, "I asked him to describe it to me." And he said, "And he's like in his 40s, so he, I don't know. Yeah. You might even be too young to get this reference." He's like, "Do you remember the old Pinocchio movie when they all go to the yeah. island and they all turn into jackasses because they're doing all kind of jackass stuff?" That's so hoopy. Like you just go and you just get to turn into a jackass as long as you're there. Uh, I, yeah, that's a good analogy. It's um, <laughs> we were kind of the only people on property yeah. when we went, so it even was more uh, likely that we were going to do that. But we had great caddies, and just the whole vibe was really fun, and uh, the food's fantastic, and it's kind of cool because it you're 
two hours away and you're like, this doesn't even feel like Georgia. You have no idea where you are. You're basically feel like you're in Africa with the zebras running around and all that. But, um, you know, Michael Walrath did a fantastic job. It's a really cool place. and um, Some cool members that they have down there. And it's, uh, it's neat how, you know, kind of the notoriety of that's, you know, obviously everybody knows Augusta and they know certain courses around Georgia, but that's kind of slowly building up to be one of the, one of the top destinations in in all of golf. I'm hearing a lot about it. All right. I got one more kind of Augusta question for you. I heard you mention on the subpar podcast with old Colt and, uh, and sleaze that you, you've kind of thought around, kicked around some business ideas and you mentioned Augusta and you said, you know, I've talked to some friends and talked about some things that we could do or, or maybe, you know, look at in Augusta, would you be sure. open to sharing any of those ideas? I'm very interested. I'm born and raised here. Sure. So I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. curious. Um, I'd say one of my best friends in town um, is more of the entrepreneur idea. And I, I'm a sounding board and he, um, he has a lot of good ideas and it's, they're all for the embetterment of the community and they're more for young families and young adults that want to get out and socialize. And I think that it's a very difficult dynamic because if you are interested in making money, sometimes those business ventures aren't the best uh, <laughs> ideas, but, but they all sound great on paper and sound good for the community. So, you know, it's really cool to see top golf, make it here. And those type of business ventures that attract people to get out and be social and incorporate sports with uh, lifestyle, I think is really important. And with such a golf community, I think it's, you know, it's cool to have those outdoor venues and, um, you know, that's just the beginning. So, um, I don't have anything buttoned down as far as like, I'm going into it right now, but I'm just, I learn a lot. I mean, my brother-in-law lives in Atlanta. We, we talk all the time about real estate and, you know, developments like that, obviously it's a different market here than Atlanta, but, um, I'm always curious to see my one of my home, you know, my I grew up in high school outside Chattanooga, Tennessee, and that that town has really boomed in the last, um, you know, ten years or so. It's really taken off, like Greenville, South Carolina, and yeah. uh, you know, I, I not that any, you know Augusta is in a bad way, not near that, but I think it's got room for yeah. some growth, restaurant and social wise, and I think it's um, you know the the non chain dynamic I think would be really cool to get more young people involved with the community and get. Um, just as much local commerce as possible. Love that. Love to see you do it. All right, let's talk about your 2021 season, kind of golf on-course stuff. Then we'll get to more fun stuff here. You had a great season. I mean, T5 Barbasol, T4 John Deere, T6 Wells Fargo, top 10 at the Farmers. Um, I was really backing heavy on, at Quail. That was fun to watch. Um, what, what are the goals for the new season? Obviously, winning is a big deal. But like, do you, are you a goal setter? How do you, how do you break that down? What are you looking at? Do you look at data, yeah. analytics, all that stuff? A little bit, but I feel like it's kind of a no-brainer. If you look at my data over the last, you know, course of my career, 10 years or whatever it's been, but the data that's kept on tour, you know, seven or eight years, um, if I can improve my putting, that's going to be the yeah. the bread and butter. And, um, you know, I've been fortunate to hit the ball well. And my coach, Jamie Mulligan, and I have done some awesome work. And I think we finally... You, you're you're cautious in golf yeah. too. It's a humbling humbling game, and I've been on the bottom end of it a lot. And um, I just I feel like I understand you know my game and my headspace and my swing a lot better than I ever have. And that being said, if I can just kind of transition that into the right positive thinking and and training and the right uh, mentality for my putting, it'll it'll match up a little bit more frequently and have some weeks where I really you know maybe not hit it well, but my putting and short game keep me in it to, you know, to actually contend. 
Um, and then when the, you know, stars align and you, uh, you know, strike it like you do and then putt well, then you're, you know, knocking on the winner's door for the first time. So, uh, I have more of goals of, um, preparing and, and kind of how to attack each week and how to, um, you know, my mindset is a, is a huge thing that I, for a long time, I just kind of took for granted and don't really, you know, thought I had kind of had it all figure it out but it's um it's something just like any part of your golf game that you have to work on and um it's a long season so yeah. i'd love to be a little more consistent for you betters out there in my in my <laughs> corner and um you know turn a few of those miscuts into some made cuts and a few of those you know 30th places into top 10s and and thus force knocking on the uh you know contention door again like i said so i keep my goals a little bit more not not broad, but just I know if I do the right preparation and if I do the right things, um, you know, day in and day out, then it'll kind of add up to achieving stuff that's more, um, you know, rudimentary as far as like winning or just, um, you know, making a President's Cup or making the Tour Championship. Like all that stuff would be amazing and making the Masters. But if I do what I know I'm capable of doing and preparing myself and also getting better mentally and uh, physically, then those things will just take care of themselves. I mean, recent form obviously is uh, last season was all was great. Tita Green, even in in 181 measured rounds of strokes gained data, you literally gain strokes in every category, including around the green. Which maybe some people wouldn't wouldn't think that just because they 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 see you as the ball striker and they think you know short game is is obviously the issue. But you're definitely, I mean, you're even a, you're great around the greens. It does come down to that putter, and I'm interested to know like. When you have a good putting week, can you feel it coming or do you, are, are you like, do you know why it happens? Because like, I'm looking at some yeah. of your strokes gain data too. And it seems like you've, you, well, definitely over your career, you've putted better. I don't know if you feel this way, but strokes gain says you putted way better on POA than uh, Bermuda and bent maybe your worst surface. But also I noticed that like on difficult golf courses at the Honda, uh, at the PGA a, a few years ago at, at, uh, at Torrey for the farmers. Um, you seem to have, you, you seem to gain strokes. You have big gains, uh, strokes gain putting, uh, weeks on those tougher, you know, tougher events, tougher tournaments. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, that? that's, wow. You guys have done your homework. So I'll say you guys, oh, you, we did. you have, I mean, I don't know about Pat, Pat hadn't done shit. Pat but, did, he, um, yeah, he never did. Yeah. Shit. No, but, but <laughs> to answer that, I love the challenge of the harder courses and, and, um, you know, there is something, I mean, that you've tied into a kind of a link to my brain as far as like those hard weeks where par is a good score and, you know, two under goes a long way each, each round. Um, it kind of frees me up because I feel like, Oh, I can just ball strike it. And, you know, I'm, my putts don't go in, I'm still making pars, which are gaining strokes in the field. And yep. that, you know, unfortunately that it's, you have a lot of weeks like that, but the competition's gotten so much better and guys are making birdies on harder courses. So if I can transition to that mentality, you know, when I'm playing, you know, easier golf courses, which I've done a little bit, you know, I was able to come back and have a few good rounds at John Deere and like Kentucky where I was like, wow, I'm okay. I can, I can shoot some 65s and I can do that again. That was enlightening because I used to feel like that was more of my strength making a lot of birdies. And instead of those monotonous rounds of, uh, you know, three birdies and a bogey. Um, but anyway, I do enjoy the, the more challenging courses on tour. They, um, I feel like you kind of have half the field beat already just by being in the right headspace and physical attributes. And then the rest of the field, if you, you know, find yourself really hitting the ball well, you can, can kind of control your destiny if you can get in the right mindset and uh, expect to be in contention on the weekend. 
So what about the different putting surfaces? Because that's something we get into. I mean, we have our websites. Yeah. Our, our, our partner right. at fantasynational.com has all the strokes gain data. And, and if you look at it, you know, we might find Luke List on a, he, he comes in great form. It's a course he's got a good record on and it's a POA surface. And you think, okay, POA is Luke's best surface. This is, this is a good opportunity, right? Like, do you kind of see it that way? Or are you more comfortable? You just talked about Bermuda uh, that you love. You're right. What do you think? Well, about? I do like Bermuda as far as like, I feel like in the South, it's the best surface yeah. for having the best, you know, fastest screens, the best, most challenging for, I think all the courses would here would be more challenging Bermuda because you can get them firmer, faster, makes the slopes a little tougher. But it's a weird one. When I moved to California in 2013, I really hadn't done anything on Poana and just practicing on that and learning it a little bit more and um, speaking with friends who putted it well. That kind of made it my mission because I do love that golf and I do love Torrey Pines and Riviera, my two favorite besides I think Charlotte and a couple others, but those two on the West coast swing are by far my favorites. And, you know, I can see myself winning on Torrey and, and Riv, uh, at some point, those just golf courses where yeah, if you, you know, drive it well and you hit your irons, well, the putting is challenging for everyone, but, um, I do for some reason have found a little, um, you know, mojo on those greens. And, um, that's curious. I didn't know, I did, I had no idea that my strokes games were better, um, on Poana versus Bermuda. I knew Ben, but, um, <laughs> it's been, I grew up on Ben too, which is frustrating because yeah, I do enjoy it. But, um, uh, Bermuda was kind of, you know, in the South Bermuda was still new and kind of transitioning for most courses and it was real grainy and that's why it has a negative condensation on it, but it, or, connotation. <laughs> yeah. Condensation. It's the red one. Yeah, connotation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but the, you know, the thing about Bermuda now, Bermuda now is it's so, you know, smooth and the grains out of it. So, um, but I'm curious to see, I, I'm, I'm excited to see the Poana. Uh, I'll send you some screenshots, you know, man. We'll, yeah. Yeah. We'll yeah please do. Please um, do. Uh, now this is, this is something that I perceive about you and I don't know that I've done enough digging into the data, but I see you as like, I think there's a few guys like you that hit it a long way. And, uh, but, but they also, find them you you see these guys play well on shorter courses that sometimes take maybe driver out of play Uh, like I think of a Gary Woodland um for some reason I lump you into that category if you think no dude like I want to hit as many drivers as I can you're a dumbass then you could tell me that but what do you think about like how does that work for you when you come to a course that maybe limits the driver I'd say the only thing that um it's more of a challenge in the sense that when you do it the driver you don't feel as in rhythm where a lot of court, the shorter courses, if guys are hitting a lot of drivers and three woods where you're hitting a two iron, um, it, it, that's the only challenge I find is like physically you're, it's easier to get in a rhythm at Torrey Pines or Riv where you're hitting driver every time mm. and you just get in a kind of a zone with the driver. Um, the shorter courses make it a little tougher for that, but I kind of thought there was only going to be, you know, 10 to 15 courses that fitted my game when I first got out on tour. And I learned that, that you can't have that mentality. Mm. There are weeks where you can take off if you schedule wise, it doesn't fit up. But, but honestly, you know, my position is not someone who's arrived at the top tier of the game. You, you can't afford to think that way about golf courses. And it was doing me a disservice to have any negative thoughts about um, the shorter courses. And I, I found that when, like Hilton Head, I played well one year and had a chance to win and um, didn't quite have it on, on Sunday. But, you know, I putted really well that week and just had a good overall good finish but and i was like wow if i can play hilton head i can i can play anywhere so that was that was cool and um you know i just try not to be 
being negative about any course I'm playing. If I'm signed up for the week, I'm all in on that course. And that that's just the only way I know how to do it. That's awesome. So, Hell man. I mean, I, I, I don't think I hit many drivers at Hilton head. And I mean, were you hitting like an eight iron yeah. off the tee? Yeah, there's some, there is some whole, you know, a lot of four irons off the tee and uh, <laughs> so tight. Just trying to get it the right, right side of the fairway. So, so you mentioned Riv, you mentioned Tori. I was, my next question was like, where do you see your best? Op- I'm obviously every course you're going to go out there and do it, but like, where do you see your best opportunity to get that first big win? Yeah, it's funny. I mean, it could be next week in Mississippi. I mean, I like that course a lot. I like obviously the Bermuda grass and um, it feels like that's a course where if I kind of go in and um, do the right things, I mean, it, to me, the, the stats are interesting because I, you know, I do rank very high in the strokes gain off the tee, but there's weeks where I'll be top 20 in that and feel like I drove it terrible. And, you know, it's, it's really interesting because if I feel like I have a really good driving week, I'm going to be, I'm going to be in contention. So that's a big deal for me. And I, like, I know my, my limitations and my, you know, strengths in that area. And if I'm, you know, really hitting the driver well, and like knowing which miss is, you know, not a two-way miss, just to want, you know, missing to the right a little bit, a fade. Um, it's, it's, it's on, I mean, it, it really is. And I feel like that gives me confidence and that kind of frees up the rest of the game. So, um, if I have that driver going, then, um, I feel like any course is you know, suiting that, that, that leads to where I can use it the most and use it often where, uh, I am getting some shots on the field. So speaking of the driver, I was going to ask like, what kind of course conditions are set up, um, for a bomber like you, a long hitter, like you makes you reach for less than driver. And just, or hit or hit the little fairway finder. Is it long, rough, and firm greens and tight pin locations? Is it width? Is it like certain type of rough? Yeah, I mean that's that's a great question. It's more you know as I'm getting older. I mean the the fields coming to me as far as the distance and the like. The younger guys are all smashing it. Um, it's more of when and where to hit the fairway finder. If I can, um, you know, if I'm hitting at two ninety or two ninety five or three hundred, even you know it's it's fine you know there's no reason to hit it 330 all the time and i think that that's just it, it's a little bit of an ego check but it's more of a okay how what's the best way to attack and that's a lot where the caddy comes in um to help you find that we kind of found you know even in napa i wasn't really swinging that great and my body didn't feel good so then you're you know trying to reach in your overswing and trying to get your body moving the right way and and then you're missing fairways both ways and it's very difficult to score so you know i found that if I'm just even hitting this little fade that's going, you know, just running the fairways are firm there. So they're using going 300 yards or even a little more. It doesn't feel like you're swinging all of your shoes and, but you're in position a lot better. So, um, it's, it's just a little bit of force management, again, being in the right mindset and then having your caddy, um, helping you out along those lines. So you said you weren't hitting it that great in Napa. Do you think you, how many strokes do you think you gained off the tee in Napa? And I'll tell you. Yeah, that's another one. I mean, I, I think I saw that I was top, 20 in that stat maybe 13 or 15 or i don't see the rank but you gained 2.7 strokes off the tee yeah which is yeah it's unfortunate that i mean i I felt like i was sitting on the all over the map the first three days and kind of figured out a little bit but um my proximity to the hole wasn't great which i knew and um i've lost little strokes on on the greens a little bit uh, through the first couple rounds but um you know stats are are there or what they are i mean you can kind of manipulate them a little bit but yeah um you know i think that usually when i'm driving it like i know how the strokes games off the tee leads to better proximity and then even if it doesn't lead to a bunch of strokes gain off the field and putting it, it leads to not the negative and yeah. then you're still in contention so 
I meant to ask you this. Who's longer, you or Matt Atkins? I'd say so, me, I guess. I, he, I feel like he hits a little higher, a little spinnier, but he, we haven't played in a long time um, only because we played with Wesley Bryan and he was running his mouth and um, they actually smoked us bad, which is fine. But like, I thought that the way, the way they handled it was so poor <laughs> and like, you're, it's one thing to talk trash to me. You can do that all day long, but tell them the cart boy about it after I was like, <laughs> okay, that's <laughs> Uh, but no, uh, Matt's a good player. So as is Wesley, I'm giving a hard time. Yes, yeah. uh, I know he's been banged up, injured, so I can't knock on him too bad. But I hope he comes back healthy. And um, I played yeah, with Matt, Matt a few a times. Far. So I'm trying to like I played with Matt a few times at Champion. So I'm trying. Yeah. I get perspective on how far those guys hit it, and and he's one of the longer hitters on the Corn Ferry Tour. So I was just trying to gain yeah. a little perspective on that. That's funny. It's weird. Like there, if my body's feeling well, I actually don't hit it as far at home just in kind of regular rounds, you get a little amped up in tournaments. Yeah. And like, if I'm really geared up, I can move it another 15, 20 yards and in, in competition, but I never feel like I've got, there's a few guys in my opinion that have like this spooky extra gear, Tony Finau. Um, obviously Bryson's got these gears beyond everyone else, but Tony's a perfect example of someone who swings within his means for the most part. And then if he ever wanted to get up to the crazy ball speeds, he's got that yeah. in there. Yeah. He can take a full swing and not a half swing. Um, right. backswing. Um, the Corn Ferry guys. We're talking about Matt Atkins. Do you know like anything about any of these new guys? These these graduates coming out on the rook, you know, rookies. Obviously, all of them are great. You know, any one of them could could pop up and win. But if I were to say Luke, like if you're looking at this this new class, who are like a couple guys you look at and go, yeah, th- those that guy's ready to win tomorrow. It's really funny. I think that with the addition of two kids now in my life, um, I don't follow the entire spectrum of the game as closely. Yeah. Um, so I used to know everyone that came out on tour, um, all 25, and then when the, even when they got to 50 cards. Um, but this is a good testament. Even um, I felt like with the new the playoff system, there's usually quite a few more guys that are veterans that keep their card. They just go down and play those three events and they keep their card. Where this year I felt like it was, you know, you, you had the 25 guys that, unfortunately I had to go two years yeah. with the whole long season. And then you had a bunch of guys that were able to qualify after those two years and then make the playoffs and then play well in one of those events. So, um, there, there's guys that I saw last week in Napa that I had no idea who they were. Yeah. And that's a little embarrassing, but I just haven't been able to follow as closely. And, um, there's a lot of new guys, which is great. And I'm sure they're all great players. Uh, Grace and Sig, obviously local guy lives in St. Simons. Now he, rings a lot of bells for guys as far as, uh, you know, a staple out on tour for a long time. It works with Gary at the country club. So I think yeah. that, uh, he would be kind of front runner for someone to contend and win, but also I think he's going to be out here forever. And regardless of winning, he's just such a solid player that, um, should look back at all. Um, I'm not really sure there's, I guess there's some young guys that are even, you know, younger than Grayson that have come out right away, but none pop out right away. You you can, you might be able to throw me a snowball that helps me out, but, um, <laughs> I thought you were I, Grayson's Grayson. obviously, yeah. I mean, I haven't played a whole lot with them, but just hearing from my buddies that live down there and he's taking their money. I'm like, wow, he's corn fairy and he's beating up on the pros. Then he's legit. And, uh, every single one said the same thing. And yeah, obviously the guys around here that know him very well, uh, seems like a very repeatable swing and his game will be around for a long time. Yeah, he's actually coming on the show next week. So we're excited to have oh, Grayson, Grayson on. Um, 
you know, one reason why you may not know these guys is you're not on social media. Like what you're you're in your 30s, like mid 30s, right? What's the deal with yes. that? You just never been a big social media guy? Um, so I did I had a brief stint on Twitter and I think I was only on Instagram for a minute. I I don't know. It's it's a tough dynamic. Um, you saw a lot of it with the Summer Olympics that were just recent with some of the players or some of the gymnasts and yeah. some of the athletes that talk about it. I I love a lot of aspects of it. I love yeah. that you can get good news and media and interact if you as much as you want. But there also is a lot of you know a lot of toxicity to it where yeah. um, it's all negative. And I, I don't. Oh, I feel pretty strongly about to a certain degree with a lot of people that comment, especially in the golf world that have no idea. And if, you know, I'm pretty open book and I just feel like you're only getting a small slice of, of who I am and what I am on the golf course. And in my, if I were to do social media, so you're going to blast me over that, then I don't have much time for you. So that, that aspect was a big turnoff. I just, um, I didn't need an extra reason to uh, get negative with any part of the, my golf game or anything outside of that. So it was a pretty easy transition out of it. I don't miss, miss any aspect. I mean, it's know, to a certain degree. So. It's an envious ability, you know, I mean, God, everyone's yeah. life would be better without Twitter. So it, it props to you. Um, it's just not, you know, you see a lot of these guys pretty active yeah. on it. Um, and especially you got Jim Herman, he's trying to get this pip money. I didn't know if, you know, you were maybe going to take hope a he page does. out of his I, book. I do. So I keep up with, I, I I'm not, living in a complete rock. I know that I know what's going on to the, you know, I see the Brooks and Bryson thing. Yeah. I see, you know, like I hear about it in the locker room. So like, I know for the most part, what's going on on social. And then I have friends that love to keep me updated too. So I see a lot of stuff that, you know, I wouldn't normally if I just didn't respond to anything, but you know, yeah, hell yeah. If Jim Herman wins some money from that, that is the coolest thing ever being, you know, just the journeyman that, should have no so awesome. no reason doing it. I, I don't mean, think he's going to. I've seen a now. Unfortunately, not. I mean, it's it's kind of geared towards the whole system now is geared toward the top guys, and that's for good reason. They've earned it, and they've there's a lot of controversy with the you know the new um, international tour that's trying to get some traction. And yeah. I think that every little help bit of extra cash towards the top guys is going to keep keep those guys on tour and not going yeah. towards the, uh, the Saudis. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned Bryson. How much interaction have you had with Bryson? Like, and what's your take of him on and off the course? Uh, um, it's tough. It's I cannot respect someone more who is able to go all in on their craft and their yeah. just unwillingness to apologize to anyone for what he's doing. And it's it's pretty cool. I don't. I know he's a smart guy. He's not the smartest guy in the room. He he. <laughs> He might have been able to figure out a lot of things numbers wise on his golf swing to help them. Um, I'm still baffled on how he can perform with, with certain spin and certain wind and like certain conditions, um, which may be unproven with, you know, the, the recent ability, but he's, he's a hell of a player. He's a fighter. He's a grinder. I think his short game is, is highly underrated, especially his putting. I mean, he's a great putter, especially when, you know, he won the wing foot putting was off the charts you probably know exactly yeah. what it was but the strokes gains putting was had to be top five if not top three and to do that in a major in a u.s open with you know you being a great ball striker is is pretty cool so you know on the course i think he's he's got tremendous you know resolve and ability to 
you know, not listen to the, the haters, which yeah. is incredible for being, you know, as I don't think I've heard of anyone who's gotten that much, uh, hate in the last, since I've been a pro anyway. So yeah, it's, it's, it's too bad in that regard. I, I could never hate on him for that. I do think there's some things that he brings upon himself. Not a big fan of the slow play. The, the greens books are going out the window next year. Yeah. So that'll be out. Um, uh, but anyway, yeah, you can't, say anything bad about his his golf game i mean it's pretty cool to have someone you know work out and bust their ass and and make make themselves better so it's hard not to think that's uh commendable yeah um all right so we're about to we're about to get to our final segment which uh we'll get to here in a second but i do want to ask because we're recording this Ryder cup week are you going to watch the Ryder cup yeah there's there's several events that i don't try to miss masters is one of them just i love watching it I probably won't get to see much Ryder Cup until the week we're moving, so I'll probably catch more on you know, Saturday, Sunday. I won't get to catch much tomorrow, but uh, I try to play a little golf tomorrow too. And then, um, yeah, I'd love to see obviously U.S. I think it's a tough dynamic on paper; they're you know heavily favored, yeah. but yeah, Europe's got something that it's been highly talked about in the media, and they've got something that's the intangible of camaraderie and putting that you know I think that. U.S. has worked on, and they've kind of nitpicked on some things to get them a little more on the same path the Europeans have been. And so, whether or not that works this week or it works the other week, I thought Cantlay did a cool interview, um, which I saw with his, you know, kind of take on how that they the ebbs and flows of the game, especially the team game, go. And uh, I think that you know it'll be very close. I think it'll be close this week, especially with the weather being good, a little bit of wind. Yeah. Um, I do think the U.S. team is is better on paper, but that doesn't mean anything in the Ryder Cup. So, yeah. um, I I think Europe's going to be tough to beat. I really do. If you were if you were on the team, who would you and you could pick any any tour player out there with you? Who'd you want to be paired with and uh, like alternate shot? Oh yeah, I mean it's tough right now to go against you know Cantlay, Xander, John Rahm, or well if I'm on Europe team, yeah, yeah but but U.S. Um, you know Cantlay and and Xander, I think they'll be a really good team. Jordan's a good matchup player because he's a great putter and, um, you know, he's just tough and hard ass. And that's, there's a tangible that goes with that with the match play that I think is, is tough to pass up on. So those couple guys, everybody on the team's good. And if they're hot, it'll be, um, you know, like I said, I mean, there'll be a bunch of birdies for, for all those young guys and it should be, should be fun to watch for sure. Uh, sounds good, Luke. Listen, I guess, uh, I guess for this last segment, do you want to bring Pat in? I don't know. I mean, we've kind of, I think we, you and I got a good thing going. I don't know if we should really. Yeah. Is, is Pat asleep or what's he? Uh, good? I, let's see if we can, let's see if he's here. Uh, oh, there he is. There he oh, is. Oh, look who it is. Ah, Luke. Good to see you. <laughs> How we doing, buddy? You as listen, well, sir. Listen, you know, I, I just have other things going on in my life. I, I couldn't be oh, there God. for the entire interview. And, um, you know, yep. but I come in for the hard inning questions. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Perfect. Well, we can compare day notes later and, you know, I we yeah. all have stuff to see, do. So. See who's busier. The man's got two two yeah. small kids and he's yeah. moving. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So, Luke, we, we like to call this last segment the native area because, uh, you know, on ShotLink, sometimes we're tracking you guys and you hit it somewhere off the grid and it just says you're in the native Often. area. And God knows where Often. what that is. It could be a great lie. It could be Love a it. tough lie. We don't know. Perfect. So quick hitters here, and we're going to um, – and you can skip, although we're only going to give you like one skip. Um, yeah. No one's I, ever used more than one skip. 
Here we go. Pat, we'll just bounce. We'll just go one right after the other. I'll start. Best locker room on tour to take a dump. Mm, it's somewhere with multiple toilets. It's definitely not Napa. They have one shitter, so that's what. Oh, wait in God. line. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. Um. That's awful. Uh, I'll go. Riv. Riv is one of my favorites across the board. You love Their Riv. Locker room school. You I do. It's just, We're it's locking in Riv. Um, they've huh. got multiple shitters. It's like spaced out. There's sunscreen oh, yeah. right there. It's just perfect shit. Beautiful. Sunscreen. You're out. Beautiful. Yep. Is there music? Yeah. Are they piping music in there or anything? That'd be nice. That'd be a nice touch. No, it's usually these funnish, like Spanish locker room attendants that just make fun of you and like they're <laughs> kind of sassy. It's really, it's, <laughs> it's a sounds, good vibe though. Sounds great. Yeah. Oh well. Speaking speaking of music, uh, what was your first concert you ever attended? Oh man, I went to Red Hot Chili Peppers. Ooh. Okay, I, I like that. One. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. What about a tour player that you'd least like to be stuck in an elevator with? Um, I can't answer that honestly, just for <laughs> sm- smell purposes. But socially, um, I, if it, if the if the elevator gets stuck, like you know, in the movies, then if Bubba's in there, I'm just I'm out. I'm jumping or I'm I'm climbing <laughs> out. I'm calling everybody. It's uh. yeah. You're going to take it right it's there. Baba, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's not my number one answer. I just can't throw the, the stinky people under the bus. It's just not, not right. <laughs> See, that's the, that's the direction I thought you were going to go. Yeah. Um, favorite yeah. movie that you're embarrassed that you like? A guilty pleasure film. Oh, um, there's some chick flick. Um, what's trying to think of a good chick flick uh what did i watch the other day for love of the game that was great that's not like a chick flick that's That's cost yeah Yeah, um i'm trying to recent recent what's embarrassing that i like oh man or it could be a kids movie i'm not gonna pass i'm just moving slow um we could also say a a musician or like an artist or something like that yeah yeah Oh, okay. Uh, well, I'll go, you know what? The Bodyguard with Kevin Costner wouldn't use to. Oh, wow. Case. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's a little, Dude, were a you little were, dicey. Were you not, like four when that great. came out? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. But that's not my answer. Um, Ryan <laughs> Carey, You Always Be My Baby is like my go-to oh, just, yeah. uh, just song. Well, song that, just cuts to the core. So good. That was her heyday, man. I mean, who didn't? Yeah, yeah. she peaked. Um, yep. What irritates you the most that fans do at golf tournaments? Um, I don't mind the, like, I love when fans are drinking and they're having a good time. They're outside. I just wish they could get a little more creative with the, the banter. You know, I think that you can get negative a little bit with players, but, um, and that's the whole thing. I mean, this whole like Brooksy thing with Bryson, like it's so over the top. Like if you have something really funny and creative, then all for it. But, I got into it with a guy, you know, and I was like, are you going to go home and tell your mom about this, you know, from the basement? And, you know, like, it's just like, what was he what, saying? Like, it was, it was a little, um, we got to have a little know, bit like, of a story on that. Like muffed, muffed a chip. And then I like chipped it up, like past the hole. He was like, Oh, it's about time. And I, you know, it like, wasn't even that much in the moment, but he had been heckling the entire nine as far as like yelling shit and just being loud, annoying against like, rooting on bad shots so it wasn't even what he said in the moment just kind of built up to to that moment where i had to chirp back a little bit i love it but the funny part is my mom was watching the coverage and she's like 
so nice of you to interact with the fans. It's like, <laughs> was not really, <laughs> so like wasn't really interacting. I was borderline about to jump over the rope or get ejected <laughs> either way. So. Nice. I, I st- David, can you imagine if I was a tour player? Like, I would oh, get God, so no. triggered by the littlest thing. Like, I, I wouldn't be able to finish around. That is very just... easily triggered. Um, yeah, I'm all talk, but I mean, there there used to be like a great. Uh, this is I am I'm getting old, DB. There used to be a great. It was like a Mick Michelob commercial, and it was like golf would be better if it was hockey. And the guy is like some lame announcer, and he's got like a four footer, <laughs> and this guy yes. just comes in and just levels it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then it cuts cuts to the beer and the golf would be better of his hockey. So there's it's I think socially it's one of the best spots it's ever been as far as people yeah. kind of edgy and there's there's a lot going on with the fans and which is kind of cool. But um I do wish the fans could get just more creative and be, you know, if you got something funny to say and it's banter, then it's awesome. Or it's but original. Like, yelling, quit saying the same thing. Well, no, but yeah. like mashed potatoes and all that BS, like come on, just yeah, try, it does, find yeah. something else and do your homework. Like the fans in Phoenix, they they'll they'll talk about an ex girlfriend. They'll talk about your high school. They'll talk about your mom. Like it's it's at least they're like doing some research where you're like okay, like they took some time <laughs> to yeah. to to do that. Respect, so. respect. I like that. All right, well, so let's say you're tuning the fans out. So you got the AirPods in. What are you gonna What are you gonna listen to uh, right now? And, and then uh, are you listening to any pods at all? Besides ours, of course. Yeah, you. When uh, I, I saw you at Champions the other week. You're grinding on the putting green with your AirPods in, and I was like, I, I wonder what yeah, he's listening to in there. Can't go. Um, I don't listen to pods when I when I'm practicing. I listen to more music. Um, pretty easy going music. A lot of um, I'm trying to think what I listen to. I make some play. I used to make a lot of playlists. Now I don't. I just listen to kind of you know Pandora stuff, and um, I don't have as much free time as I used to. But hotel used to be fun to make some some mixes. Um, what would be your, what's your, I like what's your go-to Pandora favorite, channel? Um, probably Arizona. It's a band that they're kind of easy listening, huh. just kind of mm-hmm. alternative. Yeah, like mm-hmm. them a lot. But I like the classic. I'm actually on the like the Sirius XM radio. I listen to the classic vinyl right now a lot, like the old stuff. So nice. What podcast? I kind of fluctuate. To? Um, my sister got me on to Dax Shepard. So I listen to Armchair a little bit. I, I just fun. like, you know, like personal interviews where it's one-on-one people's life story that you wouldn't normally know about. They started getting some athletes on, but it's mainly like A-list Hollywood people that are entertaining. I think he does a pretty decent job. They just switched over to, um, what's it called? Spotify. Nice. Um, I'm not, I'm not as well-versed. I've got friends who are big Rogan and big, I, d- I did listen to one Rogan recently with some chick from North Korea that was like mind blowing how crazy her life was from. So I like some of the history stuff, some of the, yeah. um, but Rogan's kind of out there. Um, yeah, I've, I've listened to a few of the subpar stuff, but I don't usually, I save those for drives and I, you know, if I'm not driving any you know long distances, I won't pop it in. So yeah, I like to save as many as I can for, uh, I'd like to start listening to some, some flights, but I usually just do music and, um, read and chill out. Nice. Um, so Guy, guy on tour. There's probably a lot of these. Guy on tour, and you're not allowed to say yourself that most outkicked their coverage. Chick wise, not game wise. Um, I was gonna say Herman with his golf, but um, <laughs> no, he's, he's, he's guy that out. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm definitely in the running for outkicking my coverage. Let's see. Um, I mean, Vaughn's up there local guy i didn't talk about oh Vaughn, yeah we Vaughn didn't Taylor. talk about Vaughn. um yeah yeah, yeah. um I haven't, i've never seen Vaughn. 
uh, yeah, uh, Vaughn outkicked. I'm trying to think who else is really strong in that area that outkicked their coverage. We don't Cantley want, recently. Cantley, Cantley uh, outkicked yeah. his coverage. Yeah. Yeah, Actually, yes. I didn't even know yeah. that she yeah. was a thing yeah. until the other yeah. day. And my goodness. Cantley. Yep. Um, he is definitely, he's a smart guy. And like we have the same coach. And I know him. I've known him for a long time. And he's a great guy, well versed. And yeah. obviously, you know, hope he. He's happy in that department. She I got to say this about Cantlay, and you mentioned it because David wouldn't bring me into the interview until it was, I guess, properly time for me to be, be arriving here. We just had to, we, we needed some quality time. Yeah, time, but you were I mean, talking maybe, about Cantlay's interview, and I thought it was fantastic. Like, Cantlay has grown on me. I know he's, I love you know, it. He, he gets a little crap for being a little bit slow and deliberate, you might say, on yeah. tour, but he is just seems like a great dude. And I, and that interview he gave for the Ryder cup was fantastic. The answers that he gave were just so good. Well, it's funny. Cause you, you know, I've, I've gotten to know a lot of guys and, and Pat to me is, you know, Bryson's obviously thinks he's smart in in the realm of, you know, golf science, but you know, Pat would blow him away in any, you know, any jeopardy, any, wow. you know, just actual IQ test, anything like that. I mean, Pat's a well-read, well-versed, um, you know, so I think that's cool. He's, he's taking the time to learn about all, all, you know, verses of life. And that's, um, you know, commendable with as much time times it takes to, you know, perfect your craft. So, um, to give the cool interviews he has recently in the last couple of weeks, um, based on the, the slow play and the whole Brooksy thing and the Ryder cup, uh, you know, yeah. just shows his, you know, his character and his wit about him. Yeah, well, he's reading books about Jim. I mean, if you're doing that, you're doing something right, I think. Well, that was <laughs> – so when he was injured, we, he was coming to the course a lot. And it was funny because, like, I was learning a little bit of Jen when he was starting to play. And, you know, I'm only going to play Jen if I'm having a few cocktails or beers. And he would, you know, sipping water. He was dead focused on winning. My, you know, for me, it was about <laughs> hanging out with the, the guys. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he was all business, which just shows his, uh, his dedication to that. But yeah. I, I wasn't about to start a book on gin. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, all right. What's the number one restaurant on tour that you just cannot wait to get to each year? God, that's a good question. Um, let's see. Wow. Um, it's been a bummer of, of late because I feel like I've done more like DoorDash and Uber Eats and that stuff. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So it's not like even good restaurants are not the same. Um, I think what's an awesome restaurant that's worth every see what's got upcoming. Probably some Mexican food place that I miss from California. Mm-hmm. I know DB is going to crush me if I say anywhere in LA that's relevant towards Riviera. But, <laughs> no, I um, love it. I'm all in on yeah, you. The, the food on the, that week's really good. San Diego, the food's good. Mexican's good. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think what stands out. When, like, when you have to eat Mexican miss. food in Augusta for a lot of time, and you get to like Arizona, Texas, California, it, you just—it's another level. It's different. My yeah. my daughter loves Mexican here, so it's yeah. fun to take so her. And, you know, yeah. wife well, will have a she'll have a margarita, and it's it's just different. I mean, yeah. well, and those are the best for the kids anyway here because it's quick. Yeah, you, you got chips in front of throwing, you, throwing chips every. Yeah, food's going everywhere. Queso. Kick them thirty percent for your kid just writing crayons over the walls yeah. just get out of there yeah so um what's um, we got a few more here and then we're gonna wrap it up here what's the funniest thing that you local ever... locally locally abel brown's my favorite oh okay uh, i yeah. like abel okay. brown yeah i've been yeah. there a couple times um 
funniest thing you've ever seen happen at a tournament? Like if you if you just think like you look back at your career and think, man, that that like that was so damn funny. I didn't know how I was going to continue. Anything? The the best, like the hardest I've laughed ever was a rain delay, and it was Jason Bone, Carl Peterson, and George McNeil. <laughs> and the tour has changed a lot since then because like those guys are just epic, and there were so many you know, true guys that gave zero shits and they, they worked hard and they were talented, but they were, they almost can't keep their card anymore. It's just, it, the game's changed a lot, but those guys were so funny and had so much um, ability to tell stories. And just, so I, I think it was like a three hour lane de- rain delay. And I remember telling, I forget who I was, I think it was my trainer or something. I was like, dude, I can't swing the golf club. My abs hurt. My stomach hurts. I'm, been laughing for three hours straight of them telling stories and it was just so cool i mean it was early on in my career and just to have that you know experience i think that'll always resonate as one of yeah. and then another flight i took with jason bone going to ernie Els's um pro-am up in new york was all-time epic there was a few cocktails involved but he's he's an all-time storyteller and his story uh about making the hole in one in mardi gras will always go down as one of the yes. best stories i've ever heard yeah, yeah. We've, we've heard Jason's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we know he's not commentating. So. Yeah, he should. Yeah. Well, he might get he yeah. might get canceled pretty quick, though. <laughs> I think he actually had a two week stint and said something. So <laughs> nice. unfortunately, yeah. All right. Well, we know one we know one answer to this question because uh, you're not reading a book about Jim. But what is the last book that you read? Um, uh, probably some self-help book, but I'm reading, um, what am I reading right now? I'm reading Sir Ralph Fiennes book. I think it's called like mean, I've only started, I've only like two chapters in. I just started it on the way out to Napa. Um, he's like climbed Everest 20 something times and just, nice. just seemed like an old bad, just badass dude. Yeah. So yeah. I'm kind of, I like, I like a lot of those biographies or, you know, just, cool guys across sports or whatever the craft is i'm huge into those nice all right if you were in the match capital one the match what celebrity or athlete would you most like to partner with um god i mean it just depends like if you know you're gonna have a good like barclays is so awesome like across all genres of golf sports he's so funny to listen to you're not going to um, win anything with him. I don't. I mean, no. Well, his new golf, his new golf his swings good improved, though, right? Like yeah. he's, it's gotten yeah. better. Um, MJ, I got to play a little little golf with MJ oh. when I lived in South Florida, and he's he's something else. A true competitor, like great shit talker. Um, the first match we ever played, he was. I had like an eight, putt on eighteen. He's standing like two feet away from me, clearly in my line of play. No, no care in the world. Um, <laughs> you know okay. these the greats are the greats are really good you know it fills the best trash talker on the planet um we've, i got to play a lot with him when i lived in california and just just his the matches we had with him you know even from him he literally called every single shot on 17 and 18 for both of us how it perfectly was going to play out and it happened just like that so that was pretty incredible um <laughs> but i don't yeah i don't know i mean who else has played besides i mean obviously eldrick um yeah fit you know if you're going celebrity i don't know brady kind of sucks i don't i don't know (laughs) i think i think i think peyton's more coachable like if peyton's playing and not doing football stuff i think he's got potential to be really a better golfer i've seen him 
play a little bit in Tennessee. And I think he's got, you know, a huge upside if he keeps, you know, staying healthy and playing a little bit more. So we'll go with Peyton. Rogers had some good game. I thought uh, definitely better than Brady. Aaron. Yeah. I don't know. I'd rather, I'd rather hang out with Peyton than yeah. Aaron. So yeah. Okay. I can see that. I can see that. Um, all right. Hey, what, uh, what tour player would you most like to see on Dancing with the Stars? Oh, yeah, that's, that's a good one. Oh, I don't know. Tim Herring. Oh, mean, Lumpy? <laughs> get Lumpy out there. I think, I think Lumpy would have some drinks and be funny and, like, make it work and actually be, you know, somewhat good. He's got good touch, and he's actually, like, you know, silky movements and swing and everything. So, who knows? That could be, like, a sleeper pick. That is definitely a sleeper pick. I mean, I don't think yeah. many people saw yeah. Tim Heron coming. All right, Luke. Yeah. Uh, last question for for the you know for the podcast here. Who's the most? If you just think about, man, this guy is electric, electric human being on tour. And tell me why? Uh, why is it Siwoo Kim? <laughs> <laughs> oh God! I my one of my favorite Siwoo stories. Oh yes. <laughs> Yes. 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 That's why we asked. That's why we asked this. I love. I love Siwoo, and yes. he he's been such a young. Like, first of all, he speaks really good English, and he doesn't let on to that. And he did so when he got his tour card, and basically walked out of orientation. Oh no, speak English, and perfectly <laughs> speaks English, and just was like, I'm gonna own them, and you know, play that card, and he did. So respect for that. He had a good round somewhere. I think it might have been at tampa or honda or somewhere in florida and um he was getting interviewed by the the uh asian media a bunch of korean guys and and hideki it was all the japanese guys too because they love golf across the spectrum so the the japanese media is fantastic so it was probably you know 10 or 15 personnel and he's doing a live interview and I walked up, I don't know what, what inspired me. And I was like, Oh, Siwoo, good to see you. Thanks so much for sending me that, um, Asian, Asian porn link. And, um, it was so good. I had a really good time with it. And he just, I mean, he was turned white and just full, full embarrassed and like, couldn't even talk and gave him a hug and just kind of walked off. So if, I don't know if that's even, if they kept that or, um, yeah, what, one of my favorite, most, dang, dude, that's pretty ballsy for, for you. Uh, yeah i mean i you know not that i knew it was live but um or i'd ever see it again but it it we like to joke around a lot he's he's a funny guy i i gave him a hard time about um i i, I told him yeah see what you gotta you know you, he's dating an lpj or a korean lpga girl right now you should you know meet a meet a white girl you'd you like it you know and just uh <laughs> you know just we he's a he's a great kid phenomenal player um yeah i think he's got a great career so we are here see, for all the. I have to give me one of those t. Give me one of those t-shirts, and one. I can wear it. Wear, see, uh, wear it for him. I think I've got him right here. I can ship you Perfect. one. I think our boy Perfect. Fleener was supposed to deliver one to Siwoo. We showed it to him before we printed them. He he did, or he, I thought he said he did. I, I don't. Well, know. he has them. I don't know if he gave, actually gave them to Siwoo, but we yeah. we we had. He's got. He's got some uh, redemption at Augusta. I know that after the after last yeah. year. So. <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah. We uh yeah. yeah, Fleener showed him the shirt and to make sure he loved it, he loved it. And uh he, he and his caddy, I think his mark, wanted one. So I don't know, he may have one. We we have heard some tremendous stories about Siwoo and uh he's kind of folklore for us too. Like we'd love to one of these days get to meet him, talk to him, but we, we know he's a pretty I'll drop I'll guy. drop a I'll drop a word in and Come get on, you guys man. plugged in oh. and I'll I'll get that happen for you guys. So we'll, we'll try to get you uh, least least it could do. We'll send you a real nice uh, bottle of tequila and some TJ swag for sure if you can yeah, make probably. that happen. 
Uh, Luke, just, this just is, a Siwoo shirt. Just Siwoo shirt's enough. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, listen, man, we appreciate it. This was fantastic. Uh, a lot of fun to have you on. We'd love to have you on again. Love to maybe you know if, if you if you're just if you have all the time in the world in your hands, you just want to play golf with some scrubs. We could maybe you know set that up as well. That'd be a good time. But we appreciate you coming on the Tour Junkies podcast. This was awesome. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.